Blue Wire Hustle proudly presents All Eyes on Cleveland. My name is Brad Ward. I am your host. Mikey's on the one to twos. Tonight we have special guest Kyle Andrews of the Center Daily Times to talk about the Baltimore Ravens. As we start our AFC North, around the AFC North, uh, kicking it off with the Ravens tonight. How are we doing tonight, Kyle? How are you, sir? I'm doing pretty well. Um, I mean, as you can hear, I'm at a I'm at a track uh, covering some stuff really quickly. But I, you know, always have time for my guy, Brad. You know, yeah. And I'm just glad yeah. to be on here with him and uh, you know, just talk some Ravens and uh, you know, talk some. Rings. Yeah, it's all good. So they got you got the track meet going on in the background, but that's all right. We're gonna persevere and we're gonna talk some Ravens here. So I want to start with, uh, if you don't mind, Kyle, uh, with the free agency here. And I'm going to throw up, uh, I got some visuals for us here, but, uh, so we'll, we'll add this on here. But tonight, your, tonight's show around the North with the, uh, Ravens outlook, obviously. Uh, but we're going to talk about free agency. As a Ravens fan and covering the Ravens, as you do, uh, what were the goals going into free agency? Because I know, like, right before free agency kicked off, you probably got one of your biggest signings of the offseason, even before free agency started with Zeitler, right? Yeah, I would I would agree. I mean, Kevin Zeitler, we've seen what he can do, especially playing with the Browns previously. And he goes to the Giants. I mean, he was a fairly strong player with them, too. And, uh, yes. you know, the Ravens haven't had a veteran right guard presence in Yonder. Uh, sorry about that. Still, still got the starting gun behind us. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, you haven't had a better right guard presence since uh, Marshall Yonder. So you know that was that was a big one. And then, of course, getting Sammy Watkins. I mean, they needed another slot guy to replace Will Sneed. I, I mean, we we all kind of knew Willie Sneed was on his way out. And uh, you know, getting getting Sammy Watkins was huge. Yeah, Sammy Watkins. So you guys, you know, you courted what Juju Smith-Schuster. There was some rumors about him. There was rumors about uh, Galladay. But you land on Sammy Watkins in free agency. So kind of passing on that number one threat until the draft. Let's talk about the draft a little. Well, before we get to the draft, let's 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 hit on uh, some of the guys. So the main part of free agency for the Ravens was kind of like who you were going to be able to keep, right? Yeah, I mean, as we can see, I mean, they lost two guys in Yannick Ngakwe and losing Matt Judon. That was a huge, two huge blows. I mean, that was most of their pass rush. But, you know, I think some of these guys that they got, I mean, I'm covering Penn State now, and I know a lot of people talk about Odafeo and that, um, you know, just getting him. He is, I mean, he's a freak athlete. He's a, he's a talent. You know, it's... um. It's going to be really interesting to see what a guy can do, especially after he had no sacks last season. And I don't think that was because he he can't get to the quarterback. I mean, he got to the quarter. He had like, what was it, 13 pressures the first game against Indiana. Yeah. But then when he turned around, you know, rest of the season, he, he continued to get those pressures. He just wasn't getting the sacks. But then they also had Shaka Tony on the other side. Shaka Tony, of course, you know, cleaned up. And, um, you know, with, with the guy like Owe, I mean, to me, he's he's the most interesting uh, edge prospect that the Ravens have had since uh, Terrell Suggs. So, I mean, that, that's really 
it's going to be intriguing to see what he can accomplish. Yeah, that 40 time is, yeah, that 40 time is no joke for sure. Uh, so as we see here, these are the te- guys that signed with other teams. DJ Fluker, obviously a part of that offensive line. Judon, Ngakwe, uh, and, and Willie Snead, right? Those are the main guys that departed. But, you know, you were able to retain Tyus Bowser, who's a younger guy, right, uh, there that you can keep an outside linebacker. LJ Fort, uh, Pernell McPhee, I think, will still play a big role, right? And then obviously Eric Tomlinson and Derek Wolf were the guys that you were able to retain in free agency. Talk about being able to retain Bowser and McPhee. Those seem like the key key guys, right? Yeah, I would I would agree. So um, you know, Bowser, I, I think he had he had a breakout season last year. I mean, they all show up in a stat sheet, but the guy can just play it out, play football. I mean, he he got in on on the pass coverage side too, and a lot of times you don't see that with you know a bunch of uh, outside linebackers. I think that was that was a pretty good uh, return by them, especially since he's a younger guy. Pernell McPhee's always going to be cheap. He's always going to set the edge for uh, the run game. I think he's a perfect guy to bring in, especially in the return, especially considering that he's been with the team. You know, they brought him back for it's been two years since he's been back with the team after he went to uh, the Bears initially. Um, so, you know, I, I think he, he's the perfect guy for that, for that outside linebacking core, especially when you have a bunch of young guys. You got Dave Hayes coming in from Notre Dame as well to go along with OA. And I think with, you know, having more young guys in there, also we got to, we, we can't forget about Jalen Ferguson, who, um, you know, hasn't, hasn't really flashed too much, but, um, you know, he's another young guy that needs, uh, a little bit more season and maybe, you know, there have been some rumblings that the Ravens bring in Justin Houston. So, you know, if they if they could do that too, I think that adds a lot to their uh, outside linebacking core and being able to get to the passer. Yeah, now Justin, they had Justin Houston in for a visit before the draft, right? Yes. Yeah, so, okay. So I've got up here the draft class now, right? And what were like, okay, so if you're Ravens guy, before free agency, before the draft, what are your main two objectives? Was it, hey, we got to get a weapon for Lamar. We got to retool this offensive line. We got to make sure we still have the pass rush. Like, what were the main two objectives, you think, coming into the drafted free agency? The main two objectives, of course, I mean, me personally, I'm an offensive line guy. I love trying to fix the offensive line whenever I can because, like, you know, I look at that Raven. It, it was a tweet that I had earlier today where I talked about how the Ravens' entire offense was the the catalyst for, um, you know, them winning the Super Bowl in 2012. And when I mean the entire offense, I'm talking about that offensive line considering the fact that, you know, they moved Brian McKinney over to left tackle. And then you also had, uh, you know, you, you moved Clutch assembly inside the guard and then you get Michael Orr back on the right tackle and I think when they when the Ravens fix their offensive line when their offensive line is at its best I think that's when the team offensively is at its best and you could see that um last year when they or I guess two years ago when Marshall Yonder was still there and they pounded the ball down everyone's throats I mean this Ravens team, I just think that they have to, uh, you know, get in their offensive line was number one for me. 
Um, I think pass rush was the other one. Wide receivers, um, of course, I think, you know, you could tie that up with pass rush, too. I think that was just as important. And, you know, they – I mean, throughout – you have to be pleased with this draft if you're a Ravens fan. I mean, I think they filled most of the gaps that they needed to fill. You know, you might have wanted to see maybe a safety in there, too, or like an actual safety. But, um, you know, when I look at Stevens, he, he's just – I mean, they're going to move him to safety eventually. I mean, he's going to be a free safety in the NFL. And I think when you have a cornerback that can uh, that has ball skills, that can also play back. I mean, that, that's going to be interesting to see what he can accomplish. Um, and then when when we talk about Rashad Bateman, I mean Bateman was, I I think that pick, it couldn't have been a better pick for the Ravens. I mean, he, the Ravens locked up a ton by being able to get Bateman. I thought he was gonna, thought he was gonna be drafted in the in the first twenty picks. Truthfully. Um, but right. it, was, Me too. it was just really interesting yeah. to see him uh, fall to the Ravens at that, uh, you know, 27th pick. For sure. I felt the same way about it. So as far as, uh, as Bateman goes, uh, Dan Orlovsky says that Bateman is the second most important player on the team uh, because they needed to get a number one wide receiver to keep teams honest. Is there some truth to that or no? Well, I mean, I think I think that Bateman keeps this. They keep them honest. Now, what? Now, if I say he's the second most important player on the team. I think that's hard to say, especially when uh, you know, nothing's really gotten started. Uh, we haven't seen him play in the NFL yet, and I think you have to you have to let him, you know, prove himself before you make any claims. Um, I think after that first year, we could kind of see you know, more or less what guys are able to accomplish um, and gives us a little bit more of a baseline. But I, I think that, you know, truthfully, if I'm talking about the second most important person on the team, you know, I'm looking at I'm looking at guys like, uh, you know, Ronnie Stanley on their, on their offensive line. I think Ronnie Stanley coming back um, from that injury, that's going to be huge. I think we tend to forget, you know, how important left tackles are in the NFL. Um, and you could see as the Ravens kind of went on during the season. I mean, they were lost at left tackle at certain points. I mean, probably not not necessarily a left tackle because I think Orlando Brown Jr. felt he played perfectly as perfectly as yeah. you could ask for um, prior to losing him through a trade. But um, you know, I, I just think that with Ronnie Stanley being out, you saw the rest of the offensive line suffer because, you know, once you moved Orlando Brown Jr. out of place, I think that hurt the rest of the line. You know, you weren't getting as good a run blocking on the right side. Um, you had to throw in a, a rookie at times. And then also DJ Fluker, who, you know, DJ Fluker, I, I don't I don't think he was bad at first. But, you know, I tell as time kind of went on, during the game, he would get worn down, and he just, you know, wasn't the same player he was the big in the game. Um, and I, I just think they had a lot of mental mistakes, um, especially at guard and center. Center, especially. I mean, how many bad snaps can we can we talk about? Uh, you know, Matt Skur losing him. I mean, Matt Skur is a yeah. very nice guy. You know, you hate that it, it was it had to be somebody like him that would get treated the way that he got treated by Ravens fans. I think that was that was ugly and you know we've seen we've seen that with all fan bases, but um you know, I wish him nothing but the best, but I, I just don't think he was a he wasn't a great fit 
for their offense. I think their offense is more of a you know power running offense. Metzger is more of a uh, zone blocking guy. Um, I think now, you know, when when they do get their whole entire offensive line back, now you're talking about you you fix the center position because you got, you know, you you have Bradley Bozeman who's a natural center. You move him in, then you get Ben Cleveland who's a mountain. <laughs> I mean that guy is six foot six, you know, two hundred forty pounds of pure muscle. Um, he only gave up four pressures the entire time, like throughout his. Throughout his, uh, what was it, 30? I, I can't remember how many starts he made. Uh, I want to say it was about 22 starts in college. Yeah. And he never gave up. He only gave up four pressures as a pass blocker. And we talked about, a lot of people talked about him coming into the draft. They were like, oh, he's stiff. He can't block that well. Well, if you can, if you're only giving up four pressures in the SEC, you can block pretty well. And he's the type of no guy pressure. you want on Lamar's left side. And, you know, and until they can figure out, uh, once they once they get that, you know, under under control, one I think left right tackle is the one position I think they're kind of hurting it right now. And then once Ronnie Stanley comes back, you're also hurting that left tackle. But once that kind of gets figured out, I think Ravens now they can run the ball up the middle a little bit more than they had been. Um, you know, I, I like I like bringing back Gus Edwards too. You know, everybody always talks about. I mean, J.K. Dobbins is in. I mean, he's great, and Lamar is gonna get guys to be able to. He's gonna keep people honest, but Gus Edwards is an unsung hero of that run of that rushing attack because he's gonna pound you to death, and he's gonna yeah. keep you on your toes. And um, I, I just think that's the kind of that's the kind of play that they they need. They need toughness, and uh, you know, I think that this team is better for it offensively. All right, man. So I got to ask you about this. We kind of covered some of the offseason stuff there. It sounds like you think Ben Cleveland is a plug and play. They signed uh, Villanueva to kind of shore up the the offensive line there. They, they they have that put together. You mentioned that maybe Justin Houston gets added in the pass rush. Are you still concerned about the pass rush at all? I mean, I think. Every Ravens fan, they're always going to be concerned about the pass rush, considering the fact that they had Terrell Suggs there for, you know, he was a short, as short of a short thing as you can get at, uh, as an outside linebacker and, you know, as a pass rusher. But, um, you know, those days are over. So I think they need to get a little bit more creative. I mean, I want to say a couple of years ago when they had Darius Smith, and they still did have Terrell Suggs at that time. Um, you know, it was a lot of people that were clamoring for the Ravens to re-sign Andrew Don. And I was like, uh, I think they should go with Zedarius. But they were like, well, he's not showing up in the stat sheet as much. That year, 2018, Zedarius Smith showed up in the stat sheet. And he ended up cashing out. But then I, I kind of went on and I told everyone, I was like, what the Ravens are missing is a versatile pass rusher. They're missing a guy that's going to line up on the inside. You know, that could play the three technique even. You know, it's a guy that could go outside, play outside linebacker, but then could also move inside and play inside linebacker. And that was something that Zadarius Smith provided. I mean, he was a big dude, but he could move. And, uh, you know, I think that getting a guy like Jason Owen, who kind of fits that mold of being able to do whatever he he wants to do on, that, on the defensive line and, and as an outside linebacker, I think they're they're trying to bring that back. 
Um, because I've seen certain people say, well, Jason Oway, he's wrong, he's this and that. But I'm like, he's versatile. <laughs> yeah. You know, that yeah. that's the biggest thing. He's versatile, and I think that's what they were missing on this defensive line and uh, and, and, and the edge, too. I mean, they didn't have as many versatile pieces. So I think they're getting that back, or I guess more or less. Yeah. Uh, you're watching All Eyes on Cleveland. Tonight we start our around the AFC North with the Ravens. Special guest Kyle Andrews of the Center Daily Times. Friend of mine, friend of show. Uh, he's at a track meet right now. So uh, when you hear the gunshots going off in the background, no one is being harmed, just to let you know uh, <laughs> if you're watching at home. Uh, so, yes, uh, if... If we talk about Eric DaCosta, he keeps on talking about uh, starting the process on the Lamar Jackson extension. So I got to ask you, where are we at with the Lamar Jackson extension? Do you think it happens before this season? I think it happens after the season, truthfully. I don't, I don't think it happens before the season because I think Lamar is going to try to cash out on as much as he possibly can. And, you know, all the power to my, you know, I think every quarterback should try to go for as much as they possibly can because, you know, it's it's just a crazy amount of money to leave on the table, especially if you if he were to win the season and win the whole thing. I mean, the amount of money that he would get and the money amount of money that he would command is just, um, you know, it's it's yeah. insane. And I just think that, you know, if I'm him, I'm I'm not I'm waiting until the end of the season to cash out because I think I mean, truthfully, I think this Ravens team. As good as they were in 20, uh, 2019, I think that, um, you know, this Ravens team has the potential to be just as good, if not better. So, okay. I just think they have to, I mean, if I'm Lamar, I'm waiting until after the season. I'm going to, I'm going to try to bet on myself and, uh, you know, make as much money as I possibly can. Yeah. Kind of the same thing with Baker here. It's almost like the quarterbacks, because of the cap crunch year. It's like they almost aren't even worried about coming to the table right now, where normally they probably would be pressing the issue a little for some security, but they just know that in, because of the cap crunch season and the cap's going to go up, that, you know, they waiting a year will probably benefit their, their, their total, uh, payout. I mean, all of these guys are probably going to command around $40 million, right? So a year, it seems like. So, um, It'll be interesting to see how all that plays out and who who goes to the table first between Jackson, Baker, Mayfield, and, uh, um, of course, Josh Allen as well uh, up for an extension. All right. Um, I asked that. Okay, so we've got uh, uh, Away. You've got Pernell McPhee. You've got all these guys. Who leads the team in sacks this year? Um, I think Owe does, and and the reason why I say that is, well, I mean, if Justin Houston's there, he he's he's the guy that's gonna lead it. But I think Owe is the guy. Is it, it's either him or I think it's Tyus Bowser are currently constructed. Well, I mean, I guess what the team currently constructed. So you know, Tyus Bowser, he's been due for a, a breakout season when he came to sacks. I think this is what he does uh, this season and. Owe, I mean, I, I mean, the guy's a freak. I think he's he's a Jadavian Clowney type of guy. So I'm I'm pretty excited to see what he can accomplish. Is is uh is Earl Thomas trying to get ten million dollars off the Ravens still? 
I believe so. <laughs> <laughs> is that going to happen? What's what's the status on that? Do you know the uh, the standing on his uh, claim to ten million dollars from Baltimore? Still no answer on that. Um, you know, I, I think he's going to continue to try to get that because he felt burned by the Ravens. Even though, I mean, I, I think reasonably speaking, he had they had a pretty good reason to try to terminate his contract. Um, yes. yes, bunch of contra- conduct detrimental to the team, bunch of uh, you know personal issues with players and missing team meetings. I think at that point, you know that does he truthfully does he truthfully deserve to you know get his money if he was you know doing the things that he that were claimed to have been done. So you know yeah. we'll we'll see what happens. All right, uh, what is your biggest concern? about the Ravens going into this season. What's your biggest worry? Where are you most concerned? Choking in the playoffs. <laughs> I think that's my biggest concern. Um, you know, we, we've well, seen it time. Why is, that, why is that happening, you think? I just think it's, um, you know, more or less like, it's just, I, I don't know if it's game planning. Um, I don't know if it's not sticking to the game plan by the players. I don't know if it's, players getting rattled. I mean, it seems like every season it's something different that happens. I mean, whether it's so, and usually, usually it's the old line just like deciding that day that they're just not going to block well. <laughs> you know, or, yeah. or like bad snaps, you know? Yeah. I mean, we had Patrick McCarry, He, I'll never forget what he said. He was like, well, I couldn't hear the snap count. Dude, it was, it was 10,000 people in the stadium. That was right. not a full yeah. Buffalo Bills stadium. No, those excuses, you know, are pretty that, – that's pretty bad for a professional football player to make that excuse that I can't hear and there's 10,000 people in the stadium. So I just think with things like that, you know, that, that kind of hurts uh, the Ravens usually with, um, you know, just mental mistakes, you know. And I, I think yeah. that's why they're choking. It's not because they're not – just as talented and more talented than all their teams. I mean, maybe the Bills would still beat them because I think the Bills were more a more talented team last season. But I still think that, um, you know, the Ravens could have played much better. And they could have also yeah. blocked for Lamar. I mean, Lamar got crushed. And, you know, when he's out for the rest of the game, what happens to your season? It's over. No doubt. That's, uh, that's, that's one thing that's for sure. You got to keep him upright to have a chance. Uh, let's talk about, uh, real quickly, cause it, apparently, you know, I, I, I've been talking about it with the Browns, but I, I just curious, what's the status with OTAs in the Ravens? Are guys showing up to phase two? Uh, or are they doing a virtual phase two? Are they planning on having guys in next week for the practices? Uh, do you know how that's going to wear, play out? I know the first OTAs, they uh, a bunch of guys opted out, um, yeah. you know, and that, and that made sense. I, I mean, I'm sure with these COVID, more COVID things, uh, I'm sure more people decide to opt out. I think it's, you know, smart play by the NFLPA. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I think that's going to hurt the way football is being played. I mean, we – I've seen your tweets too about like the NFL PA being incredible, you know, making selfish moves. And I mean, it, it's a reason why they're the worst. <laughs> they're the worst uh, 
players association and in all sports. I mean, it's just truthful. I mean, like the MLB yep. and the NBA, they, they have it together because they have strong leadership. But they have so many guys with the NFLPA who are just willing to, you know, throw things away because for their own uh, interests and, you know, forget about the 90% of guys that don't make it past uh, year three. So I, I don't get it. You said it. You said it. It seems like the uh, the leadership doesn't really speak for the, uh, the mass, uh, you know, or the majority of the players. And oftentimes, especially with the message of staying away and stuff, it's almost not in the players' best interest at times, as we saw with Jawan James and now Deshaun Hamilton of the Broncos, who are losing out on huge money because they weren't at the facility. So interesting uh, stuff there. All right, so uh, got to switch gears with you here real quick before we finish up. What did you think about what the Browns did this offseason? Well, Jadavian Clowney, that's it's enough to be said. I think having him and Miles Garrett, that that shit scared the crap out of everybody. <laughs> I mean, I think those two together, um, sky's the limit, truthfully. Um, you know, I, I just think that's a scary bunch right there. That is a very scary bunch, and I think they're gonna put a ton of pressure on the Ravens this season. Um, you know, we talked about last year how great of a matchup that was. I mean, this year it's going to be even better, in my opinion. All right. Okay, yeah. I mean, we feel great because, you know, they kind of remade their defense. They got John Johnson, great safety from the Rams, brought in Troy Hill, uh, kind of redoing that secondary. They were able to get Newsom and Owosu Koromoa in the draft. So we're feeling really good about the defense, which struggled last year held their own, but were depending on guys they shouldn't have really been depending on because of injuries and COVID and whatnot. But I feel pretty good about what they did in the offseason. That brings me to the ultimate question here. Uh, I want you, if you're up to the task, sir, take me through the AFC North from last to first. Your predictions. I guess um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Browns first. I'm gonna go Browns first, and then I'm gonna go Ravens second. Uh, I'm gonna go after that. I'm gonna go with the Bengals. Actually, I'm picking the Steelers last. I, I just think the Steelers haven't made that much of a a point. Well, I mean that, that's a tough one. I mean I think the Bengals are better if if. If Joe Burrow's out there beginning the season, which I think he will be, you know, I think the Bengals are a better team. Um, I know they still made the dumb decision of not getting Penational, but, you know, I still think Jamar Chase, I mean, Jamar Chase is a freak. So, you know, if, if he can get the ball in his hands and make dynamic plays like I think he can, I think they'll be they'll be a pretty scary team, and I'm sure they'll be able to get the ball out of uh, Joe Burrow's hands a little bit quicker this season. I think so too. Uh, so uh, let me ask you this: When you saw the schedule, uh, Kyle, what did you think about the Browns and Ravens portion of the schedule? Twice in three weeks, the Browns get a buy in between, while the Ravens have to go to Pittsburgh while they play each other twice in three weeks. What we, I mean. Weird scheduling. Uh, probably the AFC North will be decided in those three weeks, right? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I think, I think the Browns, um, I think they split. 
truthfully, but I think that the Ravens the problem the problem is I think they're still trying to gel a lot of stuff together and I think the Browns are a little bit more cohesive um right now, especially on the you know, those additions that they made with a bunch of veterans on the defensive side of the ball. I think that they give them the edge, but you know, I still think it'll be pretty close. And it's not it's not for like a pride. I think the Ravens finish second. I don't think it's um I don't think it's because they're worse. They're that bad. I mean they're you know they're much worse than the Browns. I just think that the Browns are just, you know, that tough team. I think they I mean the Browns look great. They do on paper and they look great last season. So we'll see what happens and you know, having old Bowl come back, we'll see what he can do too. Yeah, man, they they slayed a lot of a lot of demons last year, but the one they didn't slay was the Ravens. They couldn't get over that hump, so they got to get over that hump this year. Uh, big thanks to Kyle Andrews uh, there, uh, hopping on and uh, talking uh, Ravens with us tonight on All Eyes on Cleveland, as he was at a a track meet uh, there uh, and. Uh, as you could hear in the background, but he did a tremendous job. Anyways, uh, covering the Ravens, we got through everything we wanted to cover with him. Uh, and uh, with that, we're going to get out of here for the night. Uh, I, You know, the Ravens, they're depending on some guys, uh, you know, Tyus Bowser, Pernell McPhee, um, and then Jason Away, who they're going to have to plug and play. They're going to have to plug and play Ben Cleveland, who is a, is a good blocker on the offensive line. Uh, but they're depending on some young guys to step up and they do that. You know, they made the decision to let some guys go like Ngakwe and Judon or really just couldn't afford them at this point. And we'll depend on those guys, uh, to step up McPhee, Bowser. Uh, they still have Derek Wolf there off the edge. Uh, but, um, the pass rush is a question mark. They did bring in Justin Houston before the draft. I think that Houston is a guy that they may potentially bring in before the season starts. Certainly that would supplement that pass rush. Uh, their offensive line, they have retooled despite losing Trent Brown and, uh, a number of guys, uh, you know, Yonda, all of those guys. So they've got, you know, Ronnie Staley. Uh, they'll kick, uh, I think it's Bozeman to the inside. Uh, Ben Cleveland, maybe a right guard. Uh, they signed, uh, Villanueva from the Steelers, who I am not very high on and I didn't think played that well for the Steelers. I know his PFF grades are okay and, and things like that, but it seemed like the Browns were always getting pressure on Villanueva when they played the Steelers. So that doesn't really scare me as much as far as the pass rush concerned. So, um, you know, a lot of talk today after, you know, the stuff, the article I wrote about, uh, OTAs and everything, um, and the Browns and JC Treader as the president of the NFLPA. Hey, man, I'm just saying that the NFL is about having an edge. Um, and when teams are out on the field in phase two, which is, you know, coaching, uh, level basic walkthroughs on the field. That's something that the Browns are going to have to do at some point, whether it's in camp or now. So if you can get it out of the way now and have your your defense, which is 80% new starters-wise, if you can get that out of the way now and start to get the scheme installed now, then that's an advantage. Um, surely I know and am totally aware that Stefanski 
knocked it out with the Zoom and installing the offense through the Zoom last year. I'm not concerned so much about the evolution of the offense, which I am going to have an episode on. Stefanski talked about the evolution of the offense. Jake Burns is going to come on and talk about what we want that offense to evolve into this year. But for me, it's really about the defense, right? All the new guys getting together, getting on the field, going through walkthroughs, and even next week with OTAs, which are non-contact practices, can they get some of these newer guys in? Uh, we'll have to wait and see as Treader still pounds the table and says that he and none of his guys are going to be there. Not saying it's the end-all, be-all, or it's going to affect the ske- the season huge, but NFL is about getting an edge and having an edge, and when teams are out on the field right now and the Browns aren't, it feels like they're missing out, and it's time that they're going to have to spend uh, that they could be spending on something else later on down the road. Not a huge deal, but something that is coming to light here um, with uh, the president of the NFLPA on the roster. Uh, as we get ready to go tonight, we will look to next week. Garrett Bush of 92.3 The Fan will be on Thursday night with us, uh, and we are efforting a guest for Wednesday night. I cannot uh, divulge that information yet, but G. Bush uh, of 92.3 The Fan will be with us on Thursday, 7 p.m. Wednesday, we will have a guest as well and another show Stick with us at All Eyes on Cleveland. Hit the subscribe button on your way out. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, thank you all for those of you who watched. And, oh, let me get to some comments here on the way out. As uh, Monty kicking in with a few comments here. Uh, Steelers comments. You can block in the SEC. Surely. And, uh... Too much invested in Lamar Jackson. He should stay there. Of course, uh, he will be staying there, surely, uh, as they sign him to that. And, uh, uh, yeah, makes me respect Tom Brady more for organizing illegal workouts. Yeah, so uh, some comments. Uh, thank you, Monty, for the comments on the show. You are a good man, sir, and I appreciate your input. Uh, as always, uh, and go check out the full Monty show on YouTube as uh, I am a frequent flyer there as well. Uh, this has been another episode of All Eyes on Cleveland. G. Bush next Thursday, another show on Wednesday. And uh, thank you all for watching. Hit subscribe on your way out. Mikey on the ones and twos. Big thanks to Kyle Andrews of the Center Daily Times for making time for us at his uh, track event where gunshots and whistles were uh, run amok in the background uh, of that interview. And uh, with that, we're going to get out of here. If uh, Mikey can get me out, we'll get out of here. Uh, thanks so much for watching. Have a good evening. Uh, go enjoy uh, some NBA basketball or whatever floats your boat tonight. And with that, we're out. <laughs>